Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. Welcome to UUCSW Reflections. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we reflect on this month's sermons and answer questions from the congregation. If you'd like to submit a question, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org or drop it in the suggestion box in the sanctuary. Be sure to say which sermon your question is about. Don't worry, we won't share the names or identifying information about question askers on this podcast. December's theme was awe, and January's theme was integrity. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons for the love of Advent, Festival of Lights, and What We Cast Off and What We Carry, all three of which can be found in this podcast feed. Hi, Laurel. Hello. How are you? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too in 2020. I know. It's a new year. (laughs) So we're going to talk about both December and January in this Reflections episode. December in particular, to start with, I know that it was a time of celebration in our church. Um, We had a solstice pageant. Mm -hmm. We had sermons about some Christian and Jewish themes and Mm -hmm. um, celebrations. I know that there was a children's message that taught a little bit about Kwanzaa. So my first question is, why in UUism do we talk about all of these different faith traditions? Right. It's a good question. And I think depending on the week, there were some Sundays that people thought the sermon had nothing to do with them and it meant the world to someone sitting next to them. And Hmm. so that's part of the reason we get so many people who come from different traditions that you sort of have to assume that everybody's in the room at all times. Hmm. And so, I mean, like with the sermon on Advent, there were some people who sort of thought it was maybe a little obscure. And then there were other people who came up and told me that they light an advent wreath at home and it was so lovely to hear about it and to think about it. And the same thing with Hanukkah, where I think for some people it was sort of an interesting story, an interesting intellectual exercise. And then a lot of our congregants who grew up Jewish said that that made them feel more welcome than they'd ever felt in our congregation because it spoke to their experience. And so part of my job is to make sure that we're giving space and giving voice to all of those different kinds of things. And so we try and do it in a whole host of ways and try to be true to those traditions. Again, not because they all belong to us. Like, you know, not everybody who sits in the pew is both Jewish and Christian and, you know, pagan and whatever. But we can assume that within the whole space, all of those things are probably represented. And so we want to give voice to them. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So you mentioned... Advent, which was the first sermon that we're talking about. This sermon was the first one that prompted an actual question from the congregation. Which we're so excited about. Yes, we're so (laughs) happy to hear from you guys. And once again, if you have any questions, you can email them to podcasts at uucsw.org. So this congregant brought up the fact that many interpretations of the historical Mm -hmm. evidence diverge from biblical stories, yes. particularly this one about the birth and life of Jesus. Right. Yuism has both sacred texts mm-hmm. and science as sources of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So what do we do with these multiple, in some ways, competing narratives? Right. That's a good question. And it's a really big and complicated one with mm-hmm. all kinds of thoughts and answers about it. My response is that I put sacred texts sort of in the same category as art and poetry and things that inspire awe and creativity and storytelling. And so to me, 
the story about Christmas and the story that we talk about in Advent doesn't have to be factual to hold some truth and wisdom because it's a story that says something about the human experience and there's truth in that. And in the same way that, I mean, the Bible is like a really, really, really long poem. And in the same way that poetry doesn't need to be factual to say something honest and helpful, I think that we can think about biblical stories in the same way. So for me, it sort of doesn't matter if it's historically true. But if we think about, because in the sermon I do talk about, like if we layer the theology with the sort of historical context, but I don't really mean in like a, it needs to be purely historically factual kind of way. I mean the historical scene that's being painted in the story. And so because we can't read that story with a modern mindset and and sort of understand the intensity of what's happening, right? Because it was much more dangerous at that time to give birth, especially, you know, in a barn somewhere. So right. we have to have some degree of awareness of the kind of cultural context that they're referencing. But I don't think, like with all myths and stories, they don't need to be held to the sort of scientific method proof system. Yeah. And I think if we try to do that, we miss a lot of wisdom and inspiration that we can get from stories and stories of all kinds. Is there room in UUism for people who believe it to be literally true? That's a very good question. Because I think as a tradition, one of the things that we have the hardest time with is people who are confessional Christians, which means that they they believe in the story, they're committed to it in some way, and their identity is a Christian one. And those people are amongst us, but they tend to not be the loudest voices because there's so much of this sort of critical pushback. So I think there should be. And I think that we sort of fall short of our covenant when we don't make space for people for whom this story is critically important to their sense of faith and identity. And even if it's in some ways their idea of their source of salvation. I think if it's the story that helped them remember themselves and remember the part of themselves that was sacred, I'm not going to discredit that. And I don't think any of us should. Hmm. So just because it's not true for one person doesn't mean it's not the thing that lifted somebody else up. So I think we we do a disservice if we don't make space for that. And covenant doesn't mean consensus. No, yeah, no, no. It means that I'm going to treat you with care and kindness and your spiritual journey is your own and I'm not going to try and dictate it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to move on to discussing the January sermon, which was titled what we cast off and what we carry. I know that we made reference to the Gregorian (laughs) New Year, which is the January 1st. And you mentioned also Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, which is celebrated in the fall. Mm -hmm. There's countless other (laughs) New Year's that are celebrated. There's, I I think people may be more aware of Chinese Lunar New Year, which is coming up later in January. There's also Muharram, which is the Islamic New Year, Diwali, Hindu New Year, any number of traditions that celebrate it at different times and in different ways. But I think it's really interesting that so many different cultures and faith traditions want to mark a new year with ceremony. Yeah. And I'm curious why you think that seems to be so universal. Yeah. I would be curious to to hear what a lot of people have to say about this because I don't know that it's a, I don't know that there's sort of one clear answer. I think that it's part of the human condition to notice change and maybe to want to mark it in some kind of way that we get to begin again and start over. I think that's 
something that we can sometimes crave and collectively as a community to mark that as a powerful thing. And so I think the fact that it's part of all these different traditions is, I don't know, a reference to that, that we need, that we need to mark our change together. But I'm curious what you would say. I, this is a question that I've never thought about before that I don't think has like, yeah, I mean, maybe sociolo- sociologists have like <laughs> a really good answer. So the way I feel on New Year's Eve is I feel very connected to the world at large. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I think part of it is community building yeah. in some way. But I also think periods of renewal can be very refreshing. Right. You know, I think if you think of life as a continuous thing with no renewal, <laughs> yes, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Well, and I, you know, I think breaking it up into digestible chunks and yeah. closing the book on some right. things that may have happened in that particular chapter can be really freeing and, you yeah. know, a period of starting over and you know, having new opportunities to approach your life in a thoughtful way. I think so. And I think you you reminded me of something. I lived in San Francisco for a number of years and coming from New England, there were suddenly no seasons. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, it's incredibly hard to remember when things happened hmm. because there weren't these sort of normal cycles of change and renewal like you're talking about because I was used to one set of things and then they were completely different. And so I think reflecting on that, I think you're right that it, it helps us collectively make sense of different seasons and different phases in, in our lives and all our connection to to change into time. Mm-hmm. I have one more question about something that came up a lot, mm-hmm. which was the concept of forgiveness, right. both forgiving ourselves and forgiving each other. Mm-hmm. So I know in Christianity, forgiveness is very integral to their doctrine yep. in that it's divinely inspired. Right. right. We do not have doctrine. <laughs> we do not. You're right. <laughs> so I'm curious if you feel like we have a moral obligation to forgive people or if you think forgiveness is always the right thing and something we should always be striving for. In the Christian sense, forgiveness can have a lot to do with sin and different. So that's that's a whole complicated conversation about how do we understand original sin or the way we sin against each other. So the question of forgiveness in terms of religion, you're right, is really complicated. And so when I think about forgiveness, there is the danger, I think, of it becoming coercive where people try to tell each other that they have to forgive someone when really what they're saying is, I think you should get over it. I don't, and I don't want to have this conversation anymore I don't, or mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. And I think to say that's forgiveness is misleading and sort of harmful. And so when I think about forgiveness, I think it's something that we don't do for other people. But for me, it it more has to do with the sort of thorns that are still on our side that are hurting us. And it takes a long time sometimes to have made enough sense of some kind of pain or struggle to be able to let it go. And again, that's not for the other person, right? Forgiveness isn't going to someone and saying what they did was okay. But I think it's releasing the sort of stranglehold that someone else's actions or your own failures can have over your sense of self. Mm. I think it's more a gift to ourselves when we're ready to do that. But I certainly don't think it's something that can be required, right? Because that's still coercive. And mm-hmm. it's and to me, forgiveness is more about finding space and find, finding freedom within ourselves and our own lives. And I think that's why, I mean, we we're talking about the new year and how these cycles are helpful when, when co- communities do collective rituals. Mm-hmm. And like Rosh Hashanah and the High Hol- Holy Days 
are a time that come every year and everyone's doing them within a Jewish community. And that's one of the things that I find really powerful because you know that next year you're going to get another chance at this and everyone is collectively reflecting on what they can let go of to move forward with more space in their heart. And again, it's not it's not to let somebody else off the hook. It's to give yourself a greater sense of peace and freedom when you're ready to do it. Okay, well, thank you so much for reflecting with me. Of course, it was good to chat. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Happy New Year. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see you or hear from you soon. Yes. Or you'll hear from us soon, I guess. <laughs> Let's make it a dialogue. Let's make it both. Yeah, great. All right, bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org or visit us in person. All are welcome.